Welcome to the Robert Half Legal Report, where we discuss current issues impacting the legal profession related to hiring, staff management, and more with leading experts in the field. Robert Half Legal provides lawyers, paralegals, and support staff to law firms and corporate legal departments on a project and full-time basis. The Robert Half Legal Report is here on the Legal Talk Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome. I'm Charles Volkert, Executive Director of Robert Half Legal and the host of our two-part program on e-discovery management. As the amount of electronic data continues to proliferate, managing e-discovery is increasingly challenging for law firms and corporate legal departments, and it's unlikely to get any easier in the years ahead. Joining me today to discuss these trends and share best practices are my colleagues, Frank Serge and Sonny Sagani. Frank Serge is Vice President for Robert Half Legal's Consulting Solutions and eDiscovery Practice, where he provides consultation and support to law firms and corporate legal departments to create operational efficiencies, mitigate risks, reduce costs, and design customized eDiscovery solutions. He serves as a business partner to multiple Fortune 1000 companies and AmLaw firms in the Chicago area and internationally. Sonny Sagani is an Associate Director for Robert Half Legal's Consulting Solutions and eDiscovery Practice. He provides investigative support and solutions to clients in the areas of documentation gathering and review, evidence, and electronic discovery management. Welcome to both Frank and Sonny. It's great to have you with us today. Thank you, Chad. Thanks, Chad. So, Frank, let's start our discussion by talking about some of the basics for eDiscovery management namely how to establish effective document reviews. What do law firms and legal departments need to be most concerned about when it comes to managing e-discovery? Yeah, thank you, Chad. Yeah, I think it's more important than ever for attorneys and paralegals to become well-versed in e-discovery. In a recent Law Sites blog post, Bob and Broji noted that 13 states have adopted an ethical duty of technology competence. For example, in California, This would require attorneys who represent clients in litigation either to be competent in e-discovery or associate with others who are competent. Also, having the right mix of expertise and resources available is essential to effectively managing e-discovery matters. Corporations and their outside counsel are responding to increased pressure to revamp their programs and procedures to more effectively manage e-discovery engagements and establish defensible processes. This includes identifying internal capacity and capabilities and, where appropriate, strategically supplementing expertise or um, existing expertise. If you decide you need to augment in-house knowledge with experienced third-party e-discovery specialists, then you need to make sure your outside provider can deliver effective solutions that offer simplicity, cost-effectiveness, compliance with both internal and external requirements, defensibility, predictability, and transparency. And in particular, you know, make sure that you enable uh, document reviews to become ingrained and sustainable process within your organization. Great points, Frank. Sonny, any other areas of concern that you might have or things to share with the audience? Yeah, Chad, another area of concern is frequency and how often firms have repeated the process. You know, many attorneys experience large gaps of time in between e-discovery matters, and the technology changes quite a bit during these gaps, so staying up to date on that is imperative. You know, as it applies to technology, Sonny, what are some of the trends you're seeing when it comes to e-discovery tools? 
What are the benefits and pitfalls of using these tools? Great questions, Chad. Let me start with what I've been noticing actually in the marketplace. Um, I've seen an increased trend around tools and processes using visual analytics, connected devices, and predictive coding. You know, based on my experience, appropriate uses and considerations of these items are useful to consider when facilitating the e-discovery process. Now, knowing the technology is good, but really knowing the process and how to use them can offer a competitive advantage and provide legal managers several gains in operational effectiveness. But in truth, at the same time, many of these things begin to introduce new challenges along the way. You know, predictive coding, for example, is a super powerful tool that can be applied to a sizable data set. But it also has potential pitfalls. You know, pressure from the si- all sides to disclose training criteria without actually revealing the, the case strategies behind it. Um, incorporation of new data after initial seeding, the reliance on OCR and the impact of inadequate or improper processing techniques, and then, of course, the appropriate use of quality control to validate and move forward with decisions being made. Excellent, Sonny. Thank you. Any additional points that you would add, Frank? Yeah, I would also add you know, that predictive coding can dramatically reduce the cost and time required for e-discovery while enhancing the effectiveness of searches. But it's just one of many technology-assisted resources that are available. You know, in this industry that is ever-evolving, you know, it's critical to keep watch for new developments and particularly how those technologies are deployed, managed, and reacted to by the courts. So great information from both of you. I, I guess if you look and take it a step further, based on the work you've done over the years, in particular, Sunny, um, on the consulting side, what do law firms tend to ignore or overlook when it comes to managing e-discovery? Yeah, so, you know, there's a few things I've noticed, but, you know, if I take it to the overarching theme of what I've seen, it's mostly that firms aren't understanding e-discovery as a process and actually acting like it's just another one-off project. You know, in a process, you get the benefits of consistency, definitions, templates, checkpoints, validations, um, everything needed to help ensure you have a solid work product. Further, one of the other big takeaways I've learned while working in this group is that when working with firms and many of the managing partners, you know, they got to their positions by knowing how to manage people and how to manage relationships. Um, often, the associates who are left in charge of the doing the actual day-to-day management of a doc review are more junior and often still developing their project management abilities and teamwork skills. You know, effective use of a managed service provider can actually mitigate the experience delta that often leads to client frustration, unavailable hours, and poor work product. All that said, though, if you break down what it actually takes to have a successful e-discovery engagement, I would say first, appoint a strong project manager at the start of the engagement. You know, that individual can be someone within the organization or from a third-party project team. The main requirements are that he or she actually understands the legal intricacies of a case and has actually the project management skills needed to ensure results are delivered in a timely and cost-effective manner. You know, this individual also needs to have the ability to be focused on the big picture as well as the daily details. Um, Second, you want to make sure you actually have defined the key roles and responsibilities for everyone. To avoid confusion and miscommunication, team leaders and law firms, corporations, and members of third-party teams need to establish defined roles and come to an early assessment of what those roles and responsibilities include. In addition to the team leader or the leaders, a project team might also include technology specialists, consultants, document reviewers, and additional project managers in various locations depending on the demands of the engagement. Um, It's essential to designate someone to review and quality check the team's work along the whole path of the process. This is critical because when it falls to the law firm, the general counsel, and the project manager to make sure that everything is going according to plan. And I'd say finally, making sure that there's an established process and protocol. 
you know, once you delineate who will be handling which responsibility, establishing the processes and protocols for the members to understand why the team was formed, what the goals are, and what needs to be done to achieve those goals is key. You know, that meeting when you have at the kickoff should include a discussion of the action plan, logistics, workflow, and guidelines for exchanging information, making decisions, resolving conflicts, and so on. And Frank, I know you, you know, in particular, spend so much time with the clients, client-facing as they analyze these engagements and what to do. Any additional points that that you'd bring to bear for our listeners as it relates to this uh, question? Yeah, certainly I have a couple additional points to add. You know, one, I think it's important to communicate early and often. You know, keep communication active throughout the engagement. You know, even if procedures are clearly discussed at the outset, uh, project teams need ongoing guidance to function effectively. You know, deadlines often change and the scope of the project can also morph. So it's important that team leaders you know, continuously communicate updates and inform their colleagues about how their work may be affected or impacted. Also, keep a team upbeat and positive. You know, it's essential that the leaders, you know, keep everybody focused, motivated, and ready to handle high-pressure work. You know, being able to anticipate and help, you know, the team overcome obstacles and identify next steps is crucial. Leaders also need to be the voice of reason, especially as engagements grow larger and more complex. And finally, I think it's really important to recognize strong work ethic. You know, make sure that you're applauding both individual and team accomplishments, you know, over the course of an engagement. Although many of the initiatives, you know, may be brief in nature, others can continue for a long period of time. You know, with this in mind, organizations that engage e-discovery and litigation consulting teams, you know, may want to consider their own ways to reward great work and keep project teams very engaged and motivated throughout the process. Well, that's great information, Frank and Sonny. Really appreciate it. Now let's take a quick break. To find, hire, and retain the best legal professionals, it's critical to have a sound hiring strategy in place. Robert Half Legal works with law firms and corporate legal departments to create effective staffing plans that can adapt to changing workload levels, realize significant cost savings, and improve the overall management of human resources. We offer a wide range of resources to assist hiring managers and job candidates, including our annual salary guide, industry-leading workplace research, and valuable interactive tools. For more information, call us at 800-870-8367 or visit roberthalflegal.com. Welcome back. I'm Chad Volkert, and with us today are Sonny Sagani and Frank Serge from Robert Half Legal's Consulting Solutions and eDiscovery Practice. Frank, uh, let's regroup and talk a little bit about other key considerations when managing eDiscovery, particularly document review, working with information technology, the IT department, and outside vendors. And maybe we can start by discussing some of the trends you're seeing. Certainly, Chad. Obviously, you know, the intersection of legal and IT has become a front burner issue for in-house counsel as well as the law firms that support them. You know, increasingly, legal professionals are finding themselves working with IT specialists when it comes to e-discovery planning, document review, and responding to requests due to the expertise required in those undertakings. That's good points, Frank. And what are some of the best practices for corporate in-house legal or lawyers in a firm to work more effectively with their IT counterparts? First, I think it's important that they recognize how dissimilar the two groups are. You know, in training, knowledge, skills, priorities, perspectives, and even in business vernacular. 
you know, I think it's important to establish common ground at the outset of a project. You know, what is the collective team's objective? It's shared goals, required outcomes. You know, from that point, team members, you know, approach work at hand following established collaboration techniques. You know, for example, they can brainstorm, communicate appropriately, you know, identifying capabilities, building consensus amongst the group, you know, planning the projects, and then so on. Um, I think it's important, you know, very important to involve IT early and often in the decision-making and application. You know, this will go a long way to create an integrated and comprehensive solution amongst the group. All great points. Uh, Sonny, anything to add here? Yeah, um, so I think we drew upon this a little earlier, but, you know, roles and responsibilities are still key. Uh, IT is an extremely lean shop in most organizations, and in most cases, they will need some sort of help. Uh, a lot of times when I'm speaking to them, it's it's all about making sure there's a division of work there to mitigate the risk of being unable to reperform uh, the same thing the same way. Um, so that is one thing I definitely have noticed. Great point, Sonny. I know we talked a little bit about this earlier. You both mentioned uh, creating efficiencies, but maybe, Sonny, are there any proactive procedures that you would recommend to boost the efficiency and accuracy of e-discovery projects? Most definitely, Chad. Um, In many of the discussions I have with clients on how to better prepare, I have them start by answering a few fundamental questions. First, you know, usually, where is the data? You know, knowing where your data is and where it isn't is very important. More often than not, a lot of employees see their computers and they may see something as named one way, but then when you actually talk to IT, it's actually being stored in a completely different platform or server. And often this leads to redundant instructions from the legal team to IT during preservation and collection. And then after you know where it is, making sure it's actually a record of the organization and it's responsive to what's being requested becomes the next step. Many times it takes multiple data points to constitute a record or a true picture of what's being asked. And getting to that compilation can require some thought and collaboration with IT along with the appropriate advisor. And then, of course, considering your decommissioned systems, end-user equipments like phones, laptops, and tablets is crucial as well. Um, next, I usually ask, how quickly can you get to the data? So making sure you have developed technical and functional procedures with your IT group and any outside providers is key. This should include how you're going to notify them if you need information, how to get access to pertinent data, and how to make sure it's actually being safely stored in case you do need to preserve it. And then finally, when do you need to enlist help? To handle a large discovery request, an organization should first determine if it has the capacity and capabilities to work the document review in-house or if outside resources are going to be required. Um, External providers can reduce costs of discovery by providing trained staff, facilities, equipment, and expertise. You know, looking for an organization that offers managed e-discovery solutions that can be tailored to your firm or company's need is, is vital. All great points, Sonny. Uh, really good information. And so, Frank, uh, you know, with that in mind, what advice do you have for choosing and working effectively with outside service providers? Sure. I think it's important to canvas key stakeholders within your organization to identify your existing capacity and the specific skills that you may require from an external source. Uh, then evaluate service providers to determine if they have the expertise required, you know, as well as the project management style best suited for your company's needs and specifically for that project. You know, as you establish, you know, a document review team, you know, decide if an internal staff member has the capabilities and capacity to serve as the project manager. You know, someone who thoroughly understands the case at hand and possesses strong project management skills needs to guide the team to deliver the stated project results on time and within budget. 
If not, you know, work uh, with a third-party provider and you know to identify a qualified resource. Uh, next, you know, I would establish confidentiality and data security safeguards by requiring any external reviewers involved to sign confidentiality agreements. If you've enlisted an outside provider to fully manage the document review engagement, you or a staff member should monitor the process, you know, checking in you know, frequently with the provider and the review team on a regular basis. So monitoring can be accomplished through a variety of standard um, and customized reports. I think it's also important to establish a metric-driven review workflow. I think there's three keys to that. You know, one, you, know, you want to segregate reviewers based on level and skill sets. You know, segregate batches based on predetermined criteria to expedite the review and to drive quality. And then also address exceptions and, and special handling um, requirements effectively. You know, finally, I would say maintain an executive dashboard that enables identification, isolation, escalation, and remediation of key issues relevant to that case. Well, thank you, Frank. That's a very thorough list. Uh, it looks like we've reached the end of the program, and that was certainly a great discussion. Special thanks to Frank Serge and Sonny Sagani for joining us today. Before we close, I want to let the audience know how they can contact each of you. Frank, could you provide your information for us? Sure. As you said, my name is Frank Serge. I'm vice president of eDiscovery and consulting solutions for Robert Half. And I can be reached at frank.serge at roberthalflegal.com. And Sonny? Thanks, Chad. Sonny Sangani, associate director of Robert Half Legal. And I can be reached at sonny.sangani at roberthalflegal.com. Well, thanks so much. And our listeners can reach me at Charles dot Volkert, V as in Victor, O-L-K-E-R-T, at roberthalf.com. You can also visit the roberthalflegal.com website to learn more about our e-discovery and consulting solutions, and also subscribe to our legal blog for weekly updates on e-discovery, the legal job market, and other important industry developments. Thanks for listening today, and join us next time on the Robert Half Legal Report for part two of our e-discovery management discussion. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Robert Half Legal connects the most highly skilled candidates with the best positions in the legal profession. Join us again for the latest information in the next edition of the Robert Half Legal Report here on the Legal Talk Network.